You're listening to the Range Rat Podcast. like to welcome you back to episode two of the Range Rat podcast. First, I'd like to give a very special mention to our first listener and supporter on Instagram, uh, Harry in New York. This is a special shout out to you. We appreciate your support. Just to let you know that no product or service that's mentioned in the podcast is intended as a endorsement or advertisement for that product or company. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to the show. Here's a little overview of what we're going to try to accomplish today. We're going to go live up onto the range and I'm going to play a few clips, one from before I go to the range, one during, uh, let you know kind of what happened on the range today. There was some interesting things that, that happened today and that were very applicable to what I was talking about actually before I got to the range. And also there'll be a clip from a post-range wrap-up. Hopefully the audio on the uh, voice memo that I recorded, uh, you'll be able to hear and uh, get a sense of what I was feeling and thinking before I hit the range. Um, Also in the show, we're going to talk about situational practice. What is it and how it can help your golf game and and, make more efficient work of your time while you're on the range. In addition, we're going to talk also, finally, about uh, some of the good uh, YouTube golf instructors that you can really get a lot of information for. I've spent a lot of time uh, watching these videos and listening to these uh, instructors, and we're going to give you a little bit of uh, information for them, and hopefully you'll give us some feedback. Tell me what you like, um, what instructors you watch and why, and uh, we'll try to put that content on the air too and do a little bit of a follow-up to that because I think it'll be kind of an ongoing thing with YouTube YouTube instructors uh, because I get a lot out of it. Um, I watch a lot of the, the uh, videos, but um, I don't obviously use everything they tell me, but I do make use of some real good points. Okay, now we're going to cut away to the first clip of the pre-range thoughts uh, while we were driving to the driving range today. Check it out. Okay, we're out of the studio. We're actually uh, about to head to the range. The temperature is pretty extreme today. The temperature is about 98 with a heat index of over 105. Uh, I would anticipate it's probably going to be higher out on the range. So uh, one point, uh, it's very important to pre-hydrate. I'm going to harp on this probably a lot, uh, but it's a really good idea to try to start getting some fluid intake at least about two hours or so um, before you're going to go practice and all the way, you know, maybe to the range, sip on something. Um, You know, you don't want to drink too much of any sports drink that has a lot of high, uh, that has a high sugar content, but you might want to you know, make up some your own, make up your own concoction, which would be possibly like some cold water uh, mixed with a packet of collagen protein, uh, maybe uh, a few grinds of Himalayan uh, 
sea salt in there just to like add some electrolytes in there and some sodium because you're going to lose a lot out on the range and it gets really extreme out there and your concentration is going to uh, start to falter and you're going to have a real hard time keeping yourself cool. Also keeping a uh, cooling towel which is not necessarily a cotton towel but so they do make these are kind of synthetic fiber ones. Um, you can dip them in water put them around your neck and they really keep your uh, overall body temperature low while you're out on the range. If you keep your temperature low on the range and you keep, you know, you keep cool and you keep comfortable, you can concentrate better, you can get more out of your practice session, um, and you can stay out there longer. So that's, that's uh, super positive. Um, we'll um, cut away now and we'll check back with you in a minute uh, once we get up on the range. Stay with us. I'd like to share a little story with you before we get to the next clip. Um, when I got to the course, I unloaded my bag, loaded the golf cart, and um, got a small cooler I brought. It's very hot here, and so I've got it loaded with ice and bottles of water. Um, threw that on the cart, and as I went in and paid for the range balls, I ended up getting a handicap, uh, USGA handicap set up again. Uh, so I can track my golf scores uh, in preparation for playing tournament golf. And uh, walked outside, loaded the um, uh, small bags with a, you know, got a couple bags of range balls. And a lady came up to me and said, um, could you go out to hole 15? My husband is uh, having heat stroke, I think, and he needs to be pulled off the course. And can you bring him back? So obviously, um, you know, I took off from there. Ended up finally getting to the guy a few minutes later, thank, thank goodness, and he was in distress. And, um, you know, it made me think at that moment, like, man, I just got through talking to everybody on the podcast about the importance of prehydrating and uh, staying cool while on the course and the things you could do to, you know, to accomplish that. And I asked him, I said, did you drink any water before, uh, you know, you started playing or during the round? He's like, no, I really didn't. I really didn't feel like drinking any water, you know, I didn't, I didn't drink before the round and I just got overheated and I just, I can't go on. So I dunked one of the cooling towels I have, one of the synthetic uh, cooling towels in the ice, you know, squeezed it out and uh, he put it around his neck and we took off for the clubhouse and got him in, but he was in, uh, you know, potentially serious condition. Uh, I believe he, you know, took an hour or so at the clubhouse, went in the air condition and set down, but it really hit home the importance of prehydration and bringing the proper liquids with you, uh, even if you're making up your own concoction on the course or before you get there, and bringing that with you. Uh, you've got to have that in your bag or in some sort of, um, you know, most golf courses don't allow coolers, but uh, they, may, they may later in the day let you bring uh, ice water on the course, especially if they don't have somebody, um, you know, operating the uh, the beer cart or whatever, the refreshment uh, vehicle. And so anyway, that's a, um, we'll go to the next clip, but uh, I thought that was, that was crazy and very interesting that I had just talked about that. Okay. It's a beautiful day up here on the range. Uh, range Rat podcast here out on site, beautiful, sunny afternoon. It's hot. As I just said, uh, just got in a golfer who was in uh 
potentially medical trouble from heat stroke. Thank goodness everything worked out for him, uh, even though he was a Clemson fan. Uh, just kidding. It was a pretty dangerous situation, potentially. But anyway, what we're working out here on the range today is uh, looked at a lot of uh, YouTube instruction last night. I was trying to find some particular things to give me a feel or some sort of key to try to help um, square my club face on the downswing. And I noticed a very simple fix uh, of face awareness on uh, Chris Ryan uh, ChrisRyanGolf.com, I believe it's the name of the website but he's got an incredible YouTube um, set of videos that are they're super on point and they're very simple and he's able to convey the uh, information very very uh, quickly and simply uh, we're gonna go into YouTube uh, videos and instructors a little bit later in the, in the program now when I went up on the range today and, and did some work I was working on three primary things. One were, was my driver, which has been very inconsistent the last couple of months, as well as my wedges and um, my short irons, specifically my gap wedge and pitching wedge. And also I used my nine iron and was trying to dial it in on, on a couple of yardages. Now um, I go through a pre-range warm-up routine um, which I try to do some stretching before I leave the house. But once I get there, um, I've got a, a speed stick. It's made by TaylorMade. I think they bought rights to it. Um, and I've had it for years, and it's got an actual golf grip on it, and it measures your swing speed. So I swing that uh, back and forth. Really helps me. helps to get me on plane, helps me to um, be aware of the release point of the golf club through impact, and also just loosens your body up. It, it gets your legs moving, gets your feet moving in the right, um, you know, synchronization so you can hit some effective golf shots. And if you want to practice your, you know, your club head speed, which is what you, what you have to practice constantly because speed is probably the number one thing in golf that you need to maintain and try to increase. And the only way you can maintain or increase speed is to practice it really on a, you know, on a daily basis. And you can do that typically outside of your house. You don't have to be on the driving range. But I use that and I get fully warmed up and then start hitting some wedges. Uh, pick a specific yardage, start with the, uh, my favorite club, which is a 53 degree mirror wedge that was given to me as a, as a gift years ago. Um, I recently got a Golf Pride multi-compound grip on it uh, makes me feel like my hands are locked onto it and I don't have to grip as hard. Hit that um, probably 10 shots, and then I'll move down to my uh, 62 degree with six degrees of bounce Cleveland wedge, uh, lob wedge, uh, and hit some uh, shots with that. Then I'll move to the 56 degree. I have a tightless spin mill. It's pretty old. Uh, the grooves are probably, I probably need to get it replaced. And I've got a Golf Pride Tour Wrap on that, um, which is an interesting grip. It's, it's kind of sticky, uh, but it's, it's, it's super soft, and you can get a lot of feel with that also. Then I moved into the, uh, to my Gap Wedge, which is a 50-degree Mura wedge um, also, but it's got an um, Iomic grip on it which is a whole other story to itself, but they're, they're fantastic grips as well. Uh, 
I'll go through that. And then um, finally, what I wanted to do uh, is work on my, uh, you know, pitching wedge and nine iron and try to dial those in to specific distances. Um, those are two degrees strong on each one. And um, usually hit my pitching wedge about 138 to 140 and my nine iron about 150, uh, generally speaking. So I was working on some shoulder moves, trying to stay down on the ball, and uh, I made a lot of progress. I'll tell you, uh, tweaked my setup with my driver a little bit. I play a Callaway uh, Epic Sub-Zero, and it's from, I believe, 2017. It's about a three-year-old driver, but uh, it, it's got a hot face. It's got that jailbreak technology, and um, so far, I don't think I'm going to need a new driver anytime soon especially after the results I got today. A little side note about the range today. You know, typically you go up there and you think, hey, I'm going to be up there an hour or two, uh, depending on the weather or how much time you have. Uh, today was the weekend, so I uh, had plenty of time. Uh, and um, ended up um, talking to a guy on the range who was 68, retired from Ohio, uh, used to play in a lot of the same golf tournament uh, tournaments that I did back in the day. Um, and guy had a lot of tournament experience and knew a lot about, um, you know, how to play tournament golf, how to prepare yourself for tournament golf. And we had a, probably about a 30, 40 minute conversation, not only about equipment. I looked at his new Shrixon uh, driver and helped him adjust it uh, and get it dialed in a little bit. Uh, but we also talked about issues relating to, um, you know, how to prepare yourself from a hydration standpoint uh, before you get on the course. And I told him a story about the guy that I pulled off 15 today that was in uh, a little bit of trouble. So we had a real good conversation. Um, you know, the shade had moved in over the trees on, on one part on the left side of the range. And we kind of huddled there, um, drank a little bit of water, and talked a lot about golf. And, and that's, again, one of the great things about going out to the range and using your time uh, not only to practice, but also to open up and meet people that you normally wouldn't talk to, uh, wouldn't meet. And, and, you know, it's difficult when you've got a lot of people on the range and you're, you know, battling for space and time. But late in the day, you know, there'll typically be one or two, one or two people uh, up there and it'll give you a chance. And those are usually the hardcore practicers and uh, people that are trying to dial some things in. So it's very interesting to hear their perspective. Now let's talk a little bit about situational practice. We did a little bit of that up on the range today and I uh, always think it's very effective because, you know, and I'm kind of the, of the mindset, hey, if you want to drag ball, rake balls and, and over and just hit, 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 you know, do your own thing. If that's, what, if that's what makes you happy on the range, do it. You know, that's the great thing about being on the range. You can do what you want to do. You don't have to do what I'm telling you to do. Um, some days I get out there and I just hit balls and hit as many, many uh, that I want to hit with each club I want to hit. But in, in certain cases, you know, especially maybe a day or two before you're going to play a round golf, situational practice I think is very effective in getting you ready mentally for that, that, uh, that golf game. Now say, per, for instance, you're going to play at a certain course and you know probably you, if you got a scorecard from, from that course and you know you're going to play there, you know, pull the scorecard out, look at the number one handicap hole in the hole, the, the hardest hole in the course, 
you know, I typically pick the top four hardest holes on the course and I'll visualize them in my mind. Um, I will, you know, if it's a par long par five with carry, um, I will get the driver out, um, tee the ball up, how I would tee it up before I play the hole. I would visualize the shot where the trees are based on my, obviously my memory from playing the course and, and try to hit a drive that I'm looking for. And I typically go about 85%, uh, you know, and I go 100 plus percent on the range as far as the driver goes. I believe in hitting that club very hard and as far and using as much speed as possible. But when I'm playing, I try to dial it back to about 85 to 90%. So I want my swing during the situational practice to mimic that goal of getting to 85% and number one, getting the ball in play and hitting it straight or whatever shot shape that you need to hit to put it in position for the next shot. And then, you know, I'll get in my head that, hey, I'll probably about have maybe 140 in or whatever, and I'll pull out that club and I'll visualize that shot, and, you know, until I hold, hold it. And obviously I'm not putting at that point, but the, the purpose is, is to visualize the four hardest holes on the course, use the club that's appropriate to hit the tee shot and the approach shot, and do that um, you know, maybe twice through those holes. And when you get to the course and you're playing that course, you know, no, first of all, always, always throw in the first hole because that's the one where you have the most nerves. You, know, you may be distracted with the people you're playing with. Um, but I always situationally practice that first hole. That way, when I get up there, get at the first hole, I'm right on point and I execute a plan as opposed to just getting up there and uh, swinging, swinging away and watching your first ball go into the woods or into the rough. So that's always a good plan. So situational practice is about visualization. It's about knowing uh, you know, ahead of time your, the course and the course strategy and, um, you know, you may want to even pick out holes that you like to play on certain courses you may not be playing and just play that hole in your, in your mind and on the range and with the, the right clubs. I think, I think that'll help you out a lot. It definitely helps me. Now, the last topic we're going to talk about tonight um, is the are the YouTube instructors. Um, I find myself watching PGA Tour golf with the mute on and pull my phone up and, you know, getting on YouTube and typing in issues about the golf swing and seeing what comes up and what instructors are out there. The first instructor on YouTube that I discovered is chrisryangolf.com. Now he's from the UK, he's got a great YouTube channel and he breaks down the swing and issues relating to your grip, stance, setup, all the different clubs, um, you know, goes in depth on driver, talks a lot about, um, you know, face angle awareness, which I think is a critical point in improving your golf swing and your golf game in general. Uh, the next one is Rick Shields. Um, he's also UK based. And I tell you what, I mean, he gets millions of views. He's probably the biggest one that I've, I've seen as far as like just sheer volume of views. But um, he puts on a lot of different videos, not only about swing, but he also goes in depth about equipment. Uh, he'll go, you know, he'll do reviews on all the new drivers, all the new irons, uh, gimmick clubs, 
uh, courses, but he really gets in depth too with the golf swing as well. So he's very multifaceted. He goes into reviewing golf balls and uh, you know launch monitors, things like that. And he really gives a lot of good in-depth information. And the videos are only about eight to ten minutes long. So you know you, he packs a lot of inf information in those short uh, you know the short videos. So I'd highly recommend. Uh, going to uh, Rick Shields Golf as well as Chris Ryan Golf. Uh, I think you'll enjoy both of them. Both of those are UK-based. The final golf instructor uh, that I've been, I've watched a lot of his videos, and I'm sure a lot of other people have too. Uh, he is uh, gaining more prominence. He's had guest spots on the Golf Channel. Uh, I think one of the best videos that you can watch of him and how he explains what his uh, methodology is rather, uh, is with Travis Fulton, who's also an excellent uh, swing coach. And uh, he really breaks that down in that video. But uh, George Gankus, uh, California native, um, he's got a great following on Instagram. And, and on YouTube, he's got the GG Swing Tips. Now, he's changed over to George Gankus Golf. And he's also put together a training aid called the, uh, the George Gankus Box, which I think is, it seems to be, it looks like it's selling well. Um, but in any event, uh, his videos are, are, and this is just my opinion, but I think they're, they're hyper-technical. You have to watch them a number of times. He's essentially videotaping him giving golf lessons to, you know, people, you know, all ages essentially, and some very, very, you know, highly skilled golfers. He's a coach of Matthew Wolf. He also has worked with um, Adam Scott, I believe, and, and others, and uh, Danny Lee. And he, he's, a, he's a very interesting guy, and he gives a lot of great uh, points on, um, you know, hip rotation and uh, helping you break down and understand what's front bend, what's side bend, um, and, and all the – really, he gets into the minutiae which honestly I like, um, but again, I've had to wa watch and re-watch his videos a number of times to get those pointers, points that he's making ingrained in my, in my, in my mind as, as it relates to my golf game. Uh, I've, I've taken a lot of those tips out on the course and have had kind of mixed results with it. I honestly almost think I would need an in-person lesson with him. And I know he offers things online. I'm a little, a little skeptical about the effectiveness of those things, um, of doing things. Cause I think when they put their, you know, they put their hands on you and moving your shoulders and showing you where to, you know, how the direction your knees are supposed to go and in rotation and things like that. And that face to face contact that in, in my opinion is the best way for a golf lesson to be, um, received by the student, at least in my experience. But I highly recommend checking him out. I mean, he's obviously kind of a hot uh, commodity on the golf scene right now, but his his videos are very in-depth. He talks a lot about matchups. And by that, I simply mean when you're executing one motion in golf, there needs to be another uh, matchup or another opposing uh, motion in golf to make that other one work. Um, and so if you're, you know, doing something crazy in your backswing, you're going to need to match it up in order to square the club face. And I think, you know, he's very interesting on in how he explains that he does it at a very high energy level. And if you don't watch his YouTube videos, at least follow him on Instagram because he gives some, you know, pretty quick and short uh, 
you know, information and lessons that you can follow and you can you know benefit from. So to recap the YouTube golf instructors that we've uh, talked about on the podcast today, and it's not an endorsement, we're not, we're not being paid to endorse them, but I really thought um, that Chris Ryan, Rick Shields, and George Gankus' uh, videos on their YouTube channels, uh, having a, a, a wealth of information that you can take, uh, you can watch at night or whenever you're, you have free time, and, uh, you know, write these things down. Write those points down. You're not going to be able to, like, take in everything they say and go and practice it on the range. If while watching the, the video, um, I've got a little leather-bound notebook with a pencil so I can erase, and I write points down that I want to go practice from these videos because uh, I think that maybe that point would benefit me. Um, I just don't think that there's any way you can absorb all the information that they're telling you and expect to go out and, and you know, duplicate it on the, on the driving range. So be precise, write the things down that you want to uh, learn and practice, and I think that'll, you know, that'll benefit you. Now, this podcast is only going to be effective if the, if the listeners will send us their feedback, questions, and comments to therangeratpodcast at gmail.com. We'd appreciate any input, and we'll try to put you on the air the next time. Thank you for listening, and join us again for another episode of the Range Rat Podcast.